Hello and welcome to Carl's Interviews in podcast form. This is an audio extraction of the live interviews that I've conducted with some absolutely fantastic guests from all walks of life with a common theme of being truly inspiring and I cannot wait for you to hear their story. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to another of Carl's interviews. Today I'm joined by Natasha Jonas. Natasha, Olympic medalist, um, amateur term pro boxer, and someone who realistically should have a belt round her waist now. We're going to talk about her most recent fight with Terry Harper, the build-up and the training to this, COVID experiences, and really what's next. But first and most importantly, considering it was less than 48 hours ago, Tash, how are you doing? Um, I'm okay. I'm okay. I mean, um, I was obviously hugely disappointed uh, with the results. And, you know, um, yeah, I was. I, I felt a little bit let down and stuff. But um, I, I, I take it as a positive, you know. I, I turned back the clock. and You know, I was talking. And I, I wasn't being disrespectful to Terry, but I, I was, you know, I... I knew how much work I'd put in in that camp um, yeah. and how hard it worked. I knew what my old times were when I was on GB. I've kept a record of everything and I knew I'd improved. And I, I was trying to say, to, you know, when I break stuff down and you're not better than me. And I, and, I, and I think I proved that and I proved a lot of people wrong, but all the people that did believe in me, right? So yeah. it was nice to do that. And it's, I mean, I, I want to talk about that in a little bit because there is so much to discuss and you're completely right. I mean, you obviously sent the message the next day saying you're a bit sore and your ego was sore as well. And that's just, it's so wrong. I mean, you really did do yourself proud. And I think for a number of us, when the decision was made at the end, it was quite a surprise because we really weren't expecting that. You, you know, obviously you started strong. Um, yeah, you were cut early, but come from sort of seven, eight round onwards because she'd questioned it, hadn't she, at one stage saying, I don't think she'd even last the 10 rounds. And you really yeah. didn't show the, the fitness, the preparation you'd put in there and what you were capable of. Yeah, she, you know, she, um, you know, she said about me age, which, which was hurtful. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, she'd mentioned me age, she'd mentioned that I'd never done 10 rounds and you can't get fit off one camp. And I, <laughs> like I said, I answered my questions and uh, I'm glad that, you know, she said she was going to knock me out from eight onwards and I think I, I came much stronger. So um, oh. I'm glad that, like, like you say, I'm just at, like, when I look back now and reflect, I am happy uh, um, there is lots of positives to take out. There's lots of things that you know I've still got to improve on, and um, and and going forward, you know that can make it better for the next fight when it happens. Uh, and it's definitely going to happen. That's been agreed now. Mm. Um, not like contractually wise, but um, okay. it's um, it's definitely. I would think it'd be definitely in the pipeline. Whether you know she goes away and has another one, or, or I like go, we both go away and have another one, then come back. Yeah. And I would think it definitely would happen. It makes sense especially with um, the current climate at the minute as well, with yeah. not being able to fly many people in and stuff. So that it makes sense for us to um, go again. I suppose it's got to make sense from her perspective as well, because people have been asking a lot of questions about her credibility holding the belts when the decision was as controversial as it was. And I suppose from her own perspective, she wants to, if she is as confident that she can beat you, to do it outright, not have this Juba split decision. Yeah, it's exactly the same with... Um, you know, Pursuing and Taylor, that it's that whole mm -hmm. scenario. It's very, very yeah. similar where, you know, as good as Katie is and we've seen her and we we, yeah. we questioned it after Pursuing, 
And and it's exactly the same with Terry, which is good for me because people are now saying, no, she has to fight her again before she fights anybody else. So it's good for me the same way it's good for pursuing where, you know, um, but yeah, if any, if your, you know, athletes are so centred and focused on results and wanting to be the best, but, you know, you have to prove it now and, and, you know, there was a lot of chinks in the armour that she has to come and put right, so... No, definitely. I don't, we'll talk more about it a bit because it's. But I don't want it to dominate because we've only got an hour on Insta Live, and um, from mm. some of the previous chats, <laughs> I bit, uh, well, that's what I'm worried about. We may <laughs> have to have a sequel or a, sort of two or three of these. But um, what I'd like to do to start is cover a little bit about kind of your journey into boxing because it certainly wasn't a typical one by any stretch, was it? Uh, mm-hmm. I think people make the assumption with, ah, oh, I've been boxing for years. But tell us a little about like, what your aims were as a young sportswoman to start. Um, well, I, I, as a youngster, my, uh, my parents just encouraged me um, to to be active. We were like we wasn't allowed to sit around the house, um, so I was mainly playing with my two older boy cousins, which meant like <laughs> my first love was football. Yeah. You know, you go to school, then you, you you pick up your athletics, netball. I was really good at. I was in the county team. Um, athletics, I was for um, hurdles and long jump, um, and then yeah. You know, it, it, it continued, but uh, football was the one that I shone through, and I ended up getting a a scholarship to go and play in a, an American university. Yeah. And it's, it's, so, with the football, were you obviously being put a red or a blue at that stage? Red. I've always been a red. Born a red, die a red. So, I thought, wasn't your sister Nikita? Didn't she play for Everton to start? Yeah, she's played for Liverpool. She played for Everton, <laughs> um, and she played for Man City. So. You know, I, we've got we've got a whole range of blue t-shirts, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and now obviously now she's playing for for Leon. Yeah. You know, um, what was it then that stopped you playing football? I got a um, it was a bad tackle. Um, I was only eighteen months into me. Um, I can't think of what I was. I was into my scholarship. Sorry, um, <laughs> and then. Yeah, bad tackle just meant I, I snapped um, my ligament in my knee. Now, yeah. now you're probably talking maybe six to eight months out and then you're back playing, but we're talking, you know, I don't want to say it, but 18 years ago. So <laughs> um, that was like a career-ending injury. I came home. I, you know, lost a friendship group because for, I, I didn't play football anymore. I thought to myself, I was like, I was 20 at the time. I thought, right, I'm too old to, like, start a new sport and to so I, for the first time ever in my life I, I just stopped playing football no sport was my motivation to do most things and kept me going it was my drive really and my focus um so I lost the friendship group I lost confidence I put on a lot of weight because I didn't do any form of activity for a whole year and after yeah. the year I was in and out of jobs because I just didn't have the motivation or drive to do anything um and after the year I was like right I got sacked from my last job. I think I had seven jobs in one year. And I got sacked from the last one. I was like, right, something's got to change. So I, um, my uncle's got a karate gym in Liverpool. And it's just got, you know, a couple of bags, free weights, running machine yeah. and stuff. And I thought, right, I'll just go in there and just train myself and try and lose a bit of this weight and get a bit of confidence back. And there was a, a lady who used to watch, watch the gym for him because he doesn't live in that area where the gym was. And she used to see me going in and out and she like knock over and be like um, I'm just wondering who you are what you're doing and why you're here and I was like oh, um, it's my uncle's gym he lets me come and train um, I'm just like trying to she's like why are you always training by yourself 
was like, oh, it's just like, you know, a bit of, trying to lose a bit of weight, get a bit of confidence. She was like, have you ever thought about boxing? And I looked at her and I was like, no. I, like, I, I didn't ever want to do boxing. I'd always loved watching it. Yeah. Um, I'd never, I never wanted to do it, but I didn't want to tell her that. I was like, eh, eh, no. <laughs> she was like, oh, I've just opened a women's only night at the local gym, the Rotunda. Now, I didn't know the Rotunda at the time, but obviously it's a very... Uh, yeah. elite prestigious boxing gym in Liverpool, amateur boxing gym in Liverpool. Yeah. Um, and she was like, "Oh, just just come to the classes. You like don't train by yourself. Make sure you come." And I kind of kept on fobbing her off because I didn't really, I didn't want to do it. But she she was quite insistent and kept on knocking over. And after a while, <laughs> it got a bit embarrassing not to keep like saying, "Oh, I was doing this week, but I'll come this week. I was doing this last week, but I'll do this week." So I thought, yeah. right, just to shut this woman up, I'll go. <laughs> And then when she asked me the next time, I'm going to say I didn't like it. And I went. Yeah. And that was that was 15 years ago. <laughs> I've never stopped boxing since. It, it's mental, isn't it? And it's, um, I suppose, the thing that the difference between now and then as well is obviously you're saying you were struggling mentally, trying to find your identity. There's, there is so much more support available. But at that time, I suppose it's for someone, a young person, they thought I'm going to be a footballer, that's it. And then this complete change of identity. It must have been quite tough for you um, mentally as well as physically, you say, with the weight gain as well. Yeah, I was just, I was just had my heart set on like being different and, and I, I'd always loved football and it didn't matter to me that like not many girls played or, you know, competing with the boys that since a kid that never mattered to me because yeah. it was something that I liked doing. So I never, ever thought of myself as any different just because I'm a girl or just because I'm from here or whatever. I just yeah. thought like, like I wanted to play football. Um, so then when I, when I stopped playing and got the injury and told I was never a player, I was heartbroken because I had me, I watched the World Cup and um, I seen Mia Hamm. Now, Mia Hamm was yeah. the first woman ever to get a million-pound sponsorship deal from Nike. And at that time, like, it was it was huge. She was like yeah. the Ronaldo of women's football. And I was I was watching the World Cup and I thought, I'm better than her. If I can just get to, you know, if I could get to America where it was all happening at the time, yeah. I was like, you know, I had I had be a, like a, a football as a, a footballer as a career, and this could be my profession. And you know, I was already spending this million pound sponsorship deal that I had <laughs> for me. I was like, I can have a house like they do on cribs. I can have, yeah. you know, I can drive this lot. I'll have a pool. I live in the sun. And I, I, I like mentally. So then when that came crashing down, and I got a bit of reality, I was, I was absolutely devastated. And now looking back as a as a little bit older, you. You're right, I do look back and I think I probably was a bit depressed. That's why I couldn't um, focus, I couldn't um, like hold a job. I just nothing interested me at all. Um, and I struggled, struggled really bad. But um, I was lucky enough to, to find something else. Not everyone is. And, you know, it, it, it was such, it was a struggle because, you, as I say, as an athlete, you are so focused and driven towards results. That when that's taken away with you, you spend like most of my day is taken up by boxing. Nine to five is taken up. That's a job. It, it, it is a job. But then you take that away. It must be like when you retire. You're like, what do you fill this time with? Now? <laughs> and and that that was the same. Like when I finished football, I was like, what do what do I finish fill this time with? Because it, it took up all my life. You know, I, I train for four days a week. I think it was play on a big match day. And then that's me weekend done. So like I'm like, 
what do I fill this time with? And then at that time as well, there was like Wayne Rooney had just uh, broken into the Everton team. He was 16. Yeah. Beth Tweddle had just won her first Commonwealth gold medal, yeah. and, and she was like 16. And um, Jess Ennis, I think it was, had broken all the schoolgirl records. And I was just like, wow, all these kids are like 15, 16. And I'm 20. If I was going to be a sports person, I'd already be it by now. And it, what's really ironic is listening to obviously how you were thinking then, and now you're 36 and competing at the level you are, which is crazy, the, the complete turnaround. But what I love as well is and your language, not mine, so I, I'm not going to hopefully get, get this one wrong, but you said, I was just some overweight scally trying to work out what to do with myself. And then yeah. you said, found boxing purely for fitness, and then it literally progressed from there. Yeah, I just, I love that, like... It's it's mad because I used to love the like the team environment and everyone thinks that boxing is an individual sport and it is when you get in the ring with it's just you versus another person what you've done and what you haven't will show in the ring in the end yeah but when when like even now training with Joe even though I'm a professional and it's still the same we are a gym we're a cl- we're like a club where you know all the Smiths are there Liam Callum Stephen um then you've got Ophi, then you've got Jose Burton, then you've got Sam, you've got Crawler still coming back. So it's it, Callum Johnson, there's still like a gym environment. So yeah. there's, and, I, and it, it, I like that. But then I also like not having to rely on everybody else because in football, my most frustrating thing was when I, I, or I like to think I give 100% in everything that I do. So when I, if I thought, felt that other people weren't giving 100%, I'd have something to say. I've been known for <laughs> things at my own teammates and, and stuff. So, like, I like the feel that I didn't have to rely on anybody else, but I still do like that team environment where, yeah. you know, we're all working together hard towards a, towards a goal. Uh, and what's it? Obviously, you'd had this earlier talent identified. You could see from your mental strength, you clearly, when you put your mind to something, you became good at it. At what stage did you think, Actually, this could be my football. I'm actually, you know, I'm not bad at this sport. It, it, it was. And now it's not like I'd never punched before because I had done like Thai boxing when I was a kid. Not like not competed. I didn't just change. Right. And I have everyone in our family has done karate because of my uncle. So, <laughs> um, it it wasn't like I was brand new to punching. Um, but we I, after six months of being in the rotunda, I went into January and. By the June, I'd won my first ABAs. Um, so then when you win the ABAs, you become the champion of England. So then yeah. you start yeah. boxing for England. So yeah. when I won that ABAs, I didn't think, like, I thought I was just doing it because I enjoyed it and I liked it. But then you got on to, it led to something else, which led to England. So I was like, another talk with this Jonas on the back. I was like, yeah, yeah I like this. <laughs> so then that, like, progressed from, like, the, a year, I think, and then we started going to tournaments and I got beat um, for, at, like, an international tournament and I seen that the level was different yeah. um, between domestic and international and I thought, and then that pushed me to get better. So then the next year, when, when I won the ABAs and started bo- bo- still boxing for England, um, it was like, oh, there's rumours that it could be in 2012 Olympics. Yeah. So that was like, keeping me there then because I, I kept on thinking that I'd gone as far as I could go and then I started winning for England and you know competing in competitions and coming back with medals and I was like 
wow, I'm, 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 I am good at this. So if there is a, 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 a cheapy team, I potentially could get on this. I wasn't at yeah. the weight. What for? Obviously, weight's something that you can lose. So then yes. 2009, he said, right, women's boxing is going to be in the London 2012 Olympics. But we'd heard that from 2008. Right. Um, but it was announced in 2009. Then in 2010, um, we had to make a Team GB and uh, I was one of the nine people selected. It, it is as a very sport, but it's ridiculous that it took that long to be a part of it, wasn't it, really? When you look, I mean, I um, I did a little bit of boxing as a um, young soldier in the army, and there were even with women boxing, some particularly good, strong women boxers then. And I think to take so long to get, so it's actually recognised on that on the Olympic stage as well. Yeah, but, well, it was, it was only nineteen ninety that Jane Couch fought the British Boxing Board of Control to be even yeah. having females compete. Now, nineteen ninety, like it seems like a world ago now, but <laughs> I remember that I was playing football at the time. <laughs> and I knew, I knew who Jane Couch was, but right. like, I was like, oh, good on her. I didn't really take an interest because yeah. it didn't affect me playing football, but I was like, good on her for taking them on. Yeah. And she won. And then all them years later, actually come full circle and, and turned out really good for me that she did that. So how did it feel? And one thing I have noticed is the difference in language. A lot of people refer to you um, as being you know, the first British female amateur boxer at Olympics, whereas you refer to it as being part of the team, which I think is really indicative of that team ethos you have. But how did it feel then when you were prepping home games and actually knowing that you were going to go out and fight to give this a go and actually potentially compete on the biggest stage of the world at the time for you? Like, it's mad because when... My mum only told me the story after... After we went and she'd given an interview for in the BBC, it was. And she said when I was four, I'd watched the 88 games in Seoul. Yeah. And because I was just sport obsessed, like I love most sports. Um, and I was amazed by all the sports that were going on on this one show. And I was like, mum, 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 I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. And my mum was like, this is the Olympic club. And I was like, I know, mum, I'm going to be there. And obviously on four, my mum's like, yeah, go away and practice. So I was like, gone away. And then um, it took me 24 years, about 350 different sports. But <laughs> eventually, a lot of blood, sweat and tears and hard work, and I got there. So it just goes to show that like, there was something, even as a young kid, looking at that, saying, I want to be there. And all the hard work in the end paid off and got me there. It didn't, all the hows and the whys and how, how you get there and what you're going to do doesn't matter as long as you've got that in you and you, you, you're willing to work hard at it, anything's possible. A, a, a wonderful, powerful message to share with anyone. Um, you know, the next generation, be the male or female, you prove that more than once. And even when, and we'll talk about it in a second, that you thought your bo boxing career was over when obviously you retired from amateur boxing um, to have your daughter and you thought that was done again and you bounced back. It's, I think, really are the strength of your character to be able to show and tell these people, say, actually, if you want it, just, you know, train hard, work hard, and just keep going for it. I think it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not the best boxer in the world. Um, and I'm not, you know, the fastest. I'm not the strongest. I'm not. But I work hard every day and every time that I, that I, 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 like I set myself a goal and set my body a goal. And, and, you know, Joe will tell you, like, we work hard. We have a laugh and we enjoy it. But we work hard as well when it needs to, and I think you know. I think a massive thing is is you know taking your opportunities. I was from from Toxteth, which is a little bit underprivileged, a little bit you know, um, like no one in 
I think I was the second person or the yeah, second person in my whole family to go to university. No one did that. But, you know, I had a dream and I went with it. I didn't care what anyone else did. I wanted to do that. So I did it. So, you know, you've got to take your opportunities when they come. I was lucky to have that opportunity. Same way with boxing. I was lucky to, you know, have them opportunities. But they don't just fall to me because, you know, the opportunities, I, I went and found myself. Yeah, you know, uh, you, they'll, they'll they'll be there. You've just got to you know chase them and look look for them and realize that they are opportunities. And you also, because obviously we spoke earlier about your football. It seems I think a couple of times when I was because I did some research looking into this, you would decide there's freak injuries and uh, injured ligaments seems to be a bit of a theme with you, doesn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. Talk to me a little about the, the the Commonwealth Games. What happened there? So um, I was in the second round. I think it was in the, in a in my first fight as well. Um, and we both just weirdly felt. Now, I've never... Everyone's like, oh, have you ever done anything in boxing? And I'm like, no, worst thing I've ever had is a bloody nose, but your heart and a black eye, but you can't expect that because you're going to get punched. Yeah, of course. Um, and then I fell, funny, and she, like, fell on top of me, which made me toe bend back. Right. And I just did punk. And I was like, oh, I thought I'd broke it. So I went back to my corner in the second round. I was like, I've broke my toe. They were like, you haven't, don't worry about it. And I was like, no, I, I've broke my toe. I heard it snap. I, I, I heard it. He was like, right, do you want us to pull it out? I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> so I go back out. So I went back out, ended up losing. Um, we couldn't get a scan because the scan machine was down in right. Scotland. Um, and then when we got back, something we had to. so I had to wait another week for everybody from the team to get back. Yeah. So then we finally got the appointment, which was another week later another couple of weeks later and I went and it snapped two ligaments in my toe. Um so then I had the choice of either getting the operation done and missing out on the qualifier <clears throat> missing out on the qualifiers uh for Rio. Yeah. Um or I didn't get the operation done and I could potentially have problems with my toe later on in life. Now, at the time, I think I was 30. So I'm thinking, right, I plan to live for at least another 50 years. <laughs> it, it might be important that I need my toe. So um, because I hadn't, I, I, I never, I knew in my heart of heart, Rio was my last, like, cycle of Olympic cycle. I knew I was yeah. never going to stay till 2020. Um, so I decided to get the operation, which meant I missed Rio. Which was then meant there was kind of no reason to stay on because I, I wasn't I wasn't going to make the qualifier and I wasn't never going to stay till twenty twenty. Yeah. So um, I did I, I I had made the decision to leave and in that time I was you know as I say I was thirty I was um, I was ready to like have a starter family um, and and I did I had I had my little girl and um, yeah once I walked away from amateur boxing there wasn't really a professional scene in the UK at the time. Yeah. You had to either go to America or Germany. And I'd done the whole playing football, living away thing and living yeah. across the Atlantic. So I knew I didn't want to do that again. And I had, I had my baby. I was had my family around me, which was comforting. And as a new mum, you, you are like a little bit stressed out. You're trying to juggle things and make, make yourself this perfect mum, which um, <laughs> or perfect parent, should I say. And like it's it's a lot to take on board. And it was that was tough as well. Um, but then again, the opportunity came um, after she she got she got to just before her second birthday it was, 
and she was back. She was in nursery. I was working self-employed and working around here, um, but she was in a routine. And then I was like, "Well, what do I do now? Now that she's like occupied, what what do I what do I do to fill the void now?" Um, because she took the void of boxing. Because, like I say, it was such a, a busy time being a first time. It's too full on, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it was. So, and then yeah, she she started like in her little routine. I'd finally got over. The, I wasn't going to be perfect, but I was going to do what worked for us. Um, and then I was like, yeah, twiddling my thumbs. And then I, I, I commentated the sky on the Katie Taylor bill, it was. Yeah. Um, and Tom Stalker, who was our captain from London 2012, and I was there close to Tom anyway. You did the TV show as well with him, didn't you, on Channel 4? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. In the House Scouts, that was yeah. it. So um, he was like, oh, I've seen you commentating. Brilliant. Good fight that, isn't it? Um, when you think about coming back, I was like, shut up, Tom. I'm like, <laughs> 70 kilos. I'm like, there's not a chance. I couldn't even tell you the last time I'd done a boxing session. I'd like, I, I, I was doing, um, I was doing a bit of coaching in the rotunda and I was doing like t- twice a week, keep fitty classes. Um, but no, of no, of no substance compared to the training that you need to do that I know you need to do to be, you know, an elite boxer. And he, I was like, shut up, Tom. Don't be so stupid. And he's like, no, I think it'd be good. You, you need to think about it now, the opportunities there, women's boxing. You've got the story of you versus her. It's a good story. Yeah. Like, shut up, Tom. Anyway, <laughs> down. And then, then at that night, I was thinking, actually, what is stopping me? So then I, I, I slept on it. And then I woke up the next day and I phoned me, um, my cousin, Archeris, and uh, my mum and dad. Because uh, the reason I phone them is because they see the side that nobody else sees. Nobody else saw me crying for two days after I lost in the Olympics. And they see the, the ups, the downs, what I put through, what I sacrificed. And they see all that side and, you know, the mental the mental side of boxing, which is tough. And um, I was like, what do you think? And they were like, you know what? If you believe you can, we know that you can if you believe it. So we'll always be behind you. We'll always have. Like... If you want to go for it, go for it. You know, you'll never struggle with the baby. You know, you're not not on. As long as you you are a hundred percent with it, and you have to be a hundred percent with it, then we're with you. And I was like, okay. And then I started looking for. I, I messaged someone, I think it was, and I was like, what do you do if you want to try and go pro? He's like, you need to find a manager and a coach. I was like, do you have to be a pro coach? And I was like, okay. But then I, I, I out of all the trainers that I've worked with, I did think of Rob McCracken and. Thought, no, if it went with Rob, I'd have to stay in Sheffield. I really don't want to do that because that go. If it do that, I may as well just be on GB. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I was thinking of all the other good trainers that I'd worked with in the past, and then I was thinking, right, no, Joe. And I thought, if anyone can get me from the shape I am now to become an elite level, it'll be Joe because he's taken. He hasn't just had the best boxers and made them world champions. He's had like not disrespectful, but like average British English standard class yeah. boxers and made them world champions or yeah. at, at, at least compete at champion, um, the world level. So I thought, no, Joe. So I messaged Joe and I was like, look, I think there's an opportunity here for me to turn professional. Would you consider it? And he was just like, um, I'm away with the lads at the minute, but can I speak to you in two weeks when I'm back? And I was like, yeah. And then he obviously he did. And I went down for a, tr- a trial. <laughs> <laughs> I was for him and he was for me and 
it was that you know the first week you're trying to make a good impression i was the unfittest i've ever been since <laughs> being in the sport um but yeah we made it and here we are now well, what I think is really, th- th- there's kind of two things. One, you can't dispute the, I suppose, the journey you had to, to go across. I mean, featherweight, super featherweight is 57 to 59 kilos, isn't it? So if you're saying you're about 70, that's professionally, you've got a lot to get down there. But that's fine. You've proved you can do that. The bit that I found, I suppose, disappointing to learn was that people were criticising you as a young mum coming back to the sport. How, how did that feel? How did you find that? It was It was so bizarre because... To me, personally, even my little girl now, she knows that I'm a boxer, but she doesn't think it's a big deal. She's just yeah. like, yeah, mummy, mummy's... Yeah, like, when, when she was in the gym and drawing on lockdown, she was like, yeah. mummy, where's the office? I was like, babe, this is, this is the office. <laughs> like, the hit in the bag is the office. So she was happy just, like, pouring the water in my mouth. And, and it, it, so... But the, a lot of the GB lads had kids and there wasn't an eyebrow raised and a lot of yeah. professional boxers male boxers have children and no one batters an eyelid and I was shocked that like it was such a big thing because to me it's I, I'm still I'm a working mum it's just that just my job's different <laughs> yeah. it's just that my job's a little bit different but I'm still like every other working mum I still have you know you know childcare issues I still have to get yeah. her to school I still have to you know do all the fifth all the getting her up and making sure she's washed and fed and on time and I still have to do all them things and, you know, have fun and that stuff with it. But there was such, like, a big deal made. I was about some and mum's coming back to boxing. I was like, wow, is that like, you know, I think from when people heard the way I, I approached it or what I thought of it, people sided with me. But at first it was, like, a big deal and I was just like, I, I just couldn't get my head around it at all. It shouldn't be a factor in the slightest, should it? What should be a factor is she's making this step up. She's been out for a while. Can she do it? And as you said, you believed, your family believed. So that's right. And it is how it should have been. And so you turned professional and the start couldn't have gone better for you, really, could it? But what I'd like to talk about is obviously it's been world coverage. And it was mentioned before, Terry Harper as well, that first defeat. Um how did you feel going into that? Did you feel prepared and ready? I did. I approached, like I say, I always approach everything. Um, like I give, I give me all. And what happened was in the fight, we, we, me and Joe identified one shot that she had, and it was the shot that she caught me with. And I was yeah. so angry that I'd been caught with it that I reacted emotionally to it. And yeah. I, I thought, right, you've just hit me with that, and I shouldn't have got hit with it. And I'm, I'm coming to get you now for doing that. And I, I did react like that, and that doesn't work for you in boxing. You've got to be smart. You've got to, yeah. you know, it's it's intelligent pressure. It's it's a physical game of chess. As much as people might think it's like bronze and you know strength and or it's not about that. It's um and and that's basically what it was. And the more the more I reacted to the shot, and the more she, the more she was hitting me, and the more I thought, no, she's hit me again with it, and it got me more frustrated and more frustrated. <laughs> and I think and that was a little bit of. Uh, my immaturity, I think, as a professional, because obviously the okay. head guard and the gloves are a bit smaller. Yeah. Um, and it, that showed, that really kind of showed who, who I really am because, yeah, I just reacted in a terrible way and I kept on getting caught because I was acting terrible. Um, and yeah, it, it ended up in just, in, in just resulting in losing, which was heartbreaking. It was, and I've never been stopped before. Um, 
So it was wasn't the fact that I've been beat. You get beat all the time when you're going to tournaments on, on the international level, but it was the way, and yeah. it was I just I was I was heartbroken, and I did question whether I'd made the right decision coming back, and I had to have a long time away to prepare myself mentally to to come back and do that. I can imagine that's, I mean, it, it couldn't be a starker contrast between the most recent fight, really, could it? I mean, as you say there, you hit and then you let your boxing materials, you let your inexperience get the better of you, where what we saw again from Friday was actually you kind of journeying through. And what was really interesting from a fan's perspective is we got to hear what Joe was saying to you and it just, which was exciting itself. But a question, another question I got, how did it feel when you're boxing a ring where you haven't got a crowd there shouting and being a part of it? Do you know what? It's so mad because like, once the bell goes, I don't hear a thing. The only thing I can hear is Joe. Okay. And I can normally pick up on one voice, which is usually my mum shouting something <laughs> stupid like, don't let her hit you. And I'm just like, oh, shut up, mum. Get out my little girl. <laughs> yeah. no, don't let her hit you, Dash. I'm like, oh, mum, shut up. But yeah, I, but, so yeah, once the bell goes, you, you know, I, I personally don't hear anything anyway. But I think the whole occasion was just, it was just great. You know, yeah. we was top of the bill. I've, I've never done that before. Um, I think the amateur background helped because when you do go away with, with GB and you're in these tournaments, I mean, we've been in, you know, winter in the middle of Russia, in the middle of nowhere, minus yeah. 23 in a tournament, like literally nowhere in the middle. Like there was, So the only people that are, they're watching is the coaches and the other participants. Yeah. Um, and you live in a bubble, you live in the hotel. Like, you might be able to, if you're lucky, to be able to walk to a shop to just, you know, stretch your legs for a day or for <laughs> 10 minutes of the day. But other than that, you are just in a room. You know, we used to download all type of films and read, bring all types of books so we can sit in the room, like watch the films, watch, read books, and then you, you go and compete. And I think that did help because it's not something that I'm not used to. The COVID test wasn't the best, as in yeah. like the, the the nasal thing got right up, you know, yeah. but it, <laughs> it, it was what it was. And yeah, obviously everyone wants to be safe and stay course, safe. Yeah. And the interesting will for it, what I'd like to know is, have you had any communication with Terry or a camp since the fight? Have they said anything? Um, we, we spoke for a little bit afterwards. And to be fair, me and Terry, have, uh, uh, even Joe and um, Steffi, yes. afterwards they you know they shook hands and it. It is all part of the fight game. Um, of course, all a bit of to and fro and pros and cons and, and you know back and forth and banter and whatever. But yeah. um, Terry, there's never been an issue with with me and Terry. There's never you know I, I think I can't think of a time that I've ever thought I've been even close to being disrespectful. She was the champion. She was a great boxer and, and she herself is, you know, paving the way for, for young women. There's kids looking up to there instead of me yeah. now. <laughs> what I've got to say as well is, um, at the very start, this is my 17th of these and I've been very lucky as I've interviewed some really interesting people from, you know, former athletes, swimmers and that. But without a doubt, I you've probably had about a thousand more comments than anyone else has got. And I don't know if you've been reading them, but so many people commenting about um, you being the champ, the respect they have, the admiration. Uh, and whenever I've looked into anything I've been reading about you, looking even on um, social media, it's a consistent theme. That must make you feel... I suppose, strong and powerful and give you that belief as well that what you're doing is right, that you've got so many people behind you and believe the same as you do, that 
you, what you did was right to come back and you deserve that win on Friday. Yeah, it, it does mean it, it's nice and it, it's got, um, it's got me as a talking point and, I, and it's put me back in the mix if I'm honest, because I think for a long time I was viewed as like bottom of the pile kind of thing. Okay. Um, but, but it, it, you know, I think for me personally, again, as an athlete and, uh, you know, wanting them tangible things that you can hold and see, I, I wanted to be able to come back and sh- show the, me little girl the belt and, you know, yeah. show me nan and, you know, embrace my family with it. And I do think personally, um, I was robbed at that moment, but, you know, I'm not one to complain. I'm not, you know, we can do it again. A hundred percent. I will. Um, a hundred percent even any and even better me turns up um and there'll be again the I, I don't think I would like to leave it to the judges for the second time no and listen there is so much you can take from that but I think the biggest fact that I think Terry is going to take more from it that she did underestimate you and you performed in a way I don't think she was expecting many of your fans many supporters and clearly Joe believed you could do it but yeah, I think she slightly underestimated what you're capable of. And as I've only been a year old in New York as well, I can say for, for older people in terms of sport. <laughs> um, I'd like it just very quickly, if I can, to sort of switch away from boxing a little bit. And we've spoken a bit about charity as well. And I know something that you've helped with during lockdown has been period poverty. Um, you were talking a little bit about how you became involved in that and some of the challenges that you've seen that people have faced on this and what you've been trying to do to help that. Yeah, um, uh, I came across it. Um, it was from one of the our, our PR department um, at Gallagher's from Vicky. Um, and as soon as I seen it, I was like, no, that's just something I really want to do. And I, I, to be honest, I didn't have any idea kind of really what it was, if I'm honest. And then I, I thought it would be more like kind of, you know, helping people abroad, if I'm deadly yeah. honest. Um, and then I got some of the stats and some of the figures and some of the information regarding it, and I was like, I couldn't believe it was happening here, and yeah. I couldn't believe it was it was such a big thing, and, and young females, you know, have to go through that at the time, you know, when you're in school and you are at that time where you're so impressionable and so already, you know, conscious of of, of everything and. I, I just couldn't believe it. Um, so they, they they only asked for a little video, but I have since said if you know if there's anything else that I could do to help, or you know any sessions that I could do, and I do that with I do a lot of work in schools as well, in primary schools especially in 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 and across Liverpool. Yeah. Um, you know, if there's anything that I can do to help, come in. You think I can add value to? I'll 100 percent do it because I'm a big believer in you know sport, using sport in a positive way. No, it's absolutely fantastic. What I'd be interested as well is as um, your daughter d- does get a bit older, if there's a time because obviously as kids are going, oh my, my dad can beat you or dad or my brother or whatever. So is it going to get a stage where she's big time and going, my mum can beat your mum and your dad up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she is. <laughs> She is, and I really, she's, she, um, I think she, she, um, she does already threaten some of the kids with that. She's like, I'm going to get my mum to bath you. I'm like, baby, can't say that. Um, but yeah, no, with her, I just, she's more interested in Nikita. She's like, I've got no, yes, <laughs> she's got no, like, thing of me. She's like, yeah, my mum boxes, and 
And then we're like, we're going to see Antikita play. She's like, oh, can we go see Antikita? I want to see Antikita. So when we had, we went to, uh, for the World Cup, we went to France. Yeah. And we went to watch a couple of games there. And you know, um, she had the time of her life. And you know what? For days after we came back, she was like, boom, boom. She was like, mommy, mommy, listen. I was like, what? And she was like, boom, 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 England. <laughs> and I was just like, oh. But it was lovely that, like, we could share that moment. And it's mad that, like, for her, she, well, it's it's great. Um, but for her, she doesn't see football as a, a, a man's thing or, a, like, she ports Liverpool, loves yeah, most and Um But it, she sees sport as, just, like, it's just, anyone can do it and that's it's so innocent and that's the way that it should be like fundamentally it should be girls shouldn't have to think oh this is a you know I'm a tomboy because I do this or you know you know be conscious of having a strong body because you know it's not feminine or and I'm, I'm made up that she's just she's just the way he is and I hope that it stays like that and and I will encourage her to just be active and she'll find her own way uh, and what a fantastic aspiration that for everyone that's the case that it's not of as you say oh this is only for men or it's actually this is sport R- regardless of what your your gender your ethnicity this is sport and if you have talent then you can do it and you can be the best at it and what a lovely mm. thing that i hope she grows up with 100 percent. like it's, it is so innocent and it's so pure and yeah it's that's the way like i was i was thinking oh that's the way it should be like she she doesn't see it like a and and to be fair, I was really lucky in the Rotunda and in GB. That was the way they made it. It wasn't yeah. about this is the ladies' night and this is the... It was when I first started because that was the keep fit session. But then once they, they said, like, do you want a box? Because we think that you're good enough. You were like, okay, you're joining the other session, which is just the amateur session, which was... I was the first girl there, so it was I was the only girl. But then in GB, we didn't train in the women and the men's. We trained in our weight. So the weights yeah. train together. And I think that's massive in not only put, adding value to us, but also, you know, for, for the, our development. Because, yeah, lads are a little bit quicker, a little bit faster, a little bit stronger. But if you're competing with them, then you're only going to ever get better. And it brings our standard, brings our standard up. So, um, and even now to this day, I'm still competing with Callum. <laughs> still, <laughs> still, still trying to outswim Callum, but I'm like, you know, I'm like terrible in the water. So I've obviously seen you've had a, a bit of a weekend off, including, I, I didn't realise your, um, I'm going to use the word loosely, talents in dancing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, loosely. Thanks for that. How long before you sort of start ramping up again? And do you have a certain training regime you do when you don't have a set fight date in mind and then you kind of build up to there? What's your plan now over the coming weeks? Yeah, normally, like, um, I'll, I'll t- we call it ticking over. So we just tick over, like, obviously, um, I probably will do something every day, as in, like, uh, Monday to Friday, um, whether that be you know, going to the rotunda and doing a little bit of uh, training in there, running a uh, little bit of um, leisurely swimming. So I can do, I can do breaststroke then. Yeah. And not have to do front crawl. Um, <laughs> and just, yeah, just training little bits with Joe, maybe. Uh, yeah, I probably will do something every day. But then obviously when you've got a fight date, you have a set training re- regime, your diet comes into play as well. And then you have strength and conditioning. But I will... Johnny will send me stuff. Who does my strength and conditioning? He will send me stuff just to, you know, keep it at, 
at a good level, so a base level, that when you start again, you're not starting from nothing because that's yeah, probably the way you need to do. Fantastic. Well, I've got to say, it's been an absolute pleasure this evening. It's from when we first spoke, from what I've watched, what I've seen, and just even watching the fight in a, from a different perspective because it just... I don't know, almost, you felt so close to it. I suppose that was the difference with the camera angle and the fact they didn't have the crowd there. You almost felt a part of it. And all I've seen here from every single person's comment, uh, the way you reacted is just how popular are, but what a fantastic ambassador, not only for women's boxing, because I don't like the fact that people keep making those distinctions, but for boxing and sport as a whole as well. It's been a, a genuine privilege and thank you so much for your time this evening. Oh, cheers. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And, I will be very closely watching when the rematch is. And, um, <laughs> if we can, if, if you're up for it, I'd love to have a catch-up with you afters when you've got both belts. And, um, of course. Of course. You can and the new belt. <laughs> it hasn't changed. And the new. And then, obviously, the question will also be, further down the line, are you stepping up the extra weight to face Katie? Or what will you do? So there's a lot of exciting things. Because, I mean, you're in the shape of your life at the moment. So clearly, age is just a number. Yeah, yeah. And it's mad because I think the lockdown was so instrumental and, and in that because, like I say, boxing is so high pressure and it's so mentally tough that you don't appreciate, like, you're so focused all the time that it can be draining. So just to come away from that and play with me little girl, I didn't like the, trying to be the teacher part, but, <laughs> you know, just, just to get away from it and and, and go away and focus on myself. I had a lot of time to wait. I, I went back and, you know, started looking at psychology books and how that reverted to me and thinking of ways of self-helping myself and, and doing that, you know, still taking over, as we say, um, and using that hour for, for boxing purposes. But it was just instrumental. So, yeah, I hope that people remember that, that hour, the day. It was that what everyone needed in the end and, and they can continue. Because it was so good to see people out with their kids playing yeah. for you. Yeah, so it's lovely that you again, and it's it's ridiculous that mental strength positivity you got, the fact that you're still taking positives from it and from everything you've yeah. done. But enjoy the rest of your evening, Tash, and I genuinely look forward to your progress and hearing when the rematch is announced and watching you get what's truly deserved to you. Cheers, thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. And that concludes another interview for the day. Thank you to each and every one of you for listening. And as ever, if you have any feedback, send it through to me at my Instagram handle at fighting underscore the underscore dadbod. Enjoy the rest of your day.